This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday, and that means it's time for the Wrestling Inc. Monday Night Raw after show, and have we got a show for you. We've got Judgment Day, Judgment Day, and even more Judgment Day. But before we get into all that, allow me to introduce the team. I'm Jack Farmer, being joined by none other than legendary referee Jimmy Corderas in the spar with LaVar champion Justin LaVar. Justin, how you feeling today? I'm feeling good, Jack. It's a Monday, ranching closer to SummerSlam. My Baltimore Orioles baseball team got another win tonight. They're in first place in the AL division. The days of Dan Snyder owning the Washington Commanders are no more. It's, a good, it's, 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 good. it's good, good right now. It's got to feel good to have that albatross off of the – off of the the whole team and kind of you can move on from it i saw a great cartoon meme it was a redskins fan or a commander's fan excuse me old habit a washington yeah. football fan decked out in the gear like i am approaching the gates of heaven and they're checking the list and they said sir you're supposed to be in hell but we'll go ahead and consider time served <laughs> <laughs> i love it yeah it's i mean it's it's so tough when a, a team you love has an owner that you're not a fan of because owners stick around for so long. It's it's not like a bad quarterback where they're going to yeah. get cut eventually, anyways. But. And that's the thing. It's like the one thing if you have a bad the one thing if you have an owner nobody likes and the bad person bad way. But you know, it, it'll at least give me a winning team. They didn't even do that, you know. <laughs> and here's the thing: we're all celebrating. You know, there's parades and rallies and all this fun celebration. But lest we forget. This jackass just made six billion dollars. Uh, he bought, you know, he sold the team for six billion after he bought the team for like eight hundred million. So he's 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 a uh, he doesn't care what any of us think. It does put it into perspective, like how how big pro football is here in the states. When you think of the entire WWE sold for uh, just a little bit more than one of the teams in the nfl well not just a little bit more but you i'm trying to yeah. make it make a point so I know what you, mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's uh it's kind of crazy when you think about just how big football is here in the united states uh but speaking of things that are big in the united states and outside of the united states jimmy corderas how are oh, you wow. pal i'm i'm doing uh i'm fine with introductions like that how could you not be good my goodness yeah pumping up my tires brother keep it up and (laughs) and as far as justin i feel your pain as a fan of the toronto maple leafs from the nhl for all those years where we had an owner by the name of harold ballard i know exactly what you're talking about justin and like i keep saying as one of the few people who was alive the last time the leafs won the stanley cup back in 1967 um we're hoping that someday before it, our time comes that we can, you know, experience that uh, glory again. Let's put it that way. I always, you know, I grew up a big Seattle Supersonics fan and my dad was a huge fan uh, since the, the inception of the Supersonics. And I always try to think whenever there's good times, you got to enjoy them because they won a title at one point and he didn't know that was the last time they were ever going to win a title. So mm-hmm. When good times happen to your team, you got to enjoy it because you never know. 
might be the last time. So uh, I'm glad you were able to get through the dark period, uh, Justin, and hope hope for good things. Do you want him to change the name again? Do you like the Commanders, or would you like a different name? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it would be nice to have something new that has nothing to do with under Dan Snyder's reign at all, even though he was, even though he fought for years changing and not being the Redskins anymore. I don't know, but they're not. Look, everybody that, that, that everybody's in the fan base is already talking about that. It's like they're not going to make an announcement until after the season. You know, like the season's almost here. Plus, they want you to still buy merchandise, so they're not going to say we're changing the name, and they're not going to be able to move any commanders merchandise this season. So, uh, you know, I'll ta- I'll table it. Let's just give me a win. I don't care. Go back to be the football team. I don't care. Just just win. I don't care. Well, if they win with the name Commanders, there's no way they can change the name at that point. Once you start winning, it becomes very hard to change names. But that is, that is yeah. true. All, all, all that is true. If they if they have like a if they then there's not high expectations in the first place. But if they succeed ex- exceed expectations and provide an entertaining year, uh, that could that could change the taste of people's mouths yeah. about the Commanders. I, I I feel it. I feel it as someone who who's an NFL fan of a team that changed names because they changed cities, not because of other reasons, like with the Washington commander, so to speak. Uh, I was an Oilers fan from way back in the day, you know, Earl Campbell, Billy White Shoes Johnson, Dan Pastorini, those were the days. And then moving to Tennessee, they became the Tennessee Oilers, which didn't sit well. It kind of didn't fit. So now Tennessee Titans still trying to figure out how that fits. But, hey, you know, it is what it is. I will say, Tuck Graph, by the way, with the, the big point here, if they announce a name change, Commander stuff is going to become collector's items after a few years. Tuck Graph, I have an entire basement full of Redskin stuff. That's become collector's items. I don't need any more collectors. Just give me, give me a name. I, 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 I don't even know what, what the name of my team is. I've had, to, I have, I've had to switch. You know, I've had three different team names in the last four years. I mean, I just need consistency. I just need, I just, I just need the colors to win, okay? Right. <laughs> yeah. Collect a trophy for yes. once. I want one of those WWE titles. I yeah, want I, I want them to win the Super Bowl and have one of those WWE titles sent to them. You that know? would look oddly like the old Raw title in a lot of ways, mm. but yes, yeah, yeah universal. <laughs> there you go. Um, but let's uh let's talk about the show. By the way, if you're here in the chat, uh thank you so much for joining us or if you're listening, make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. Uh we got some news here about AEW and it's about Orange Cassidy uh reportedly taking on an extra role backstage at AEW. According to a report from Fightful, Cassidy has begun working as a producer. For those who aren't fully aware of a producer's duties in wrestling, Fightful's report helpfully lays out some of their responsibilities. It includes helping to keep their match running on time, relaying directions from the back to ringside over the headset, and keeping the production team informed of what they can expect. Uh, Jimmy, I know that uh, AEW calls them producers. I think WWE calls them agents, uh, but essentially similar roles uh how big of a deal is it for someone to be a wrestler and start taking on the role of a producer it is a big deal when you're doing both jobs at the same time that's the thing uh usually producers or agents uh in wwe they uh, they are called producers oh they are oh. as far as i know anyways they used to be called agents oh that's and then, and then, yeah they used to be called agents and then they became producers but you know the the, the agent slash producer also assists with the talent, if they could offer guidance and assistance and say, hey, you know what? You know what might work better in this circumstance when they come up with a spot or something like that? And they come, hey, what do you think about this? And maybe this would work better for you guys. I know what you guys are trying to accomplish with this uh, scenario. How about you try this? And the, the thing about Orange Cassidy, I don't know him personally, so I can't tell you, you know, uh, much about him. But 
the one thing I see that he does get is the entertainment part of sports entertainment. Mm-hmm. Because whether you like the gimmick or not, whatever the case may be. Justin's not into it. Yeah, apparently not. Um, <laughs> but he gets it. And, and, and if my understanding is correct, he put together the uh, the tag match from last mm-hmm. week's uh, Dynamite. Or he was the agent. It was, um, I producer. believe it was uh, the one they referenced in the report I read was uh, Big Bill and Brian Cage versus... Right. Um, I can't remember who it was against. Uh, was but it? Yeah. No. Was it, it, it wasn't uh, MJF and... Um, oh, I thought that was the it one. Was, okay, no, it was, the one, it was one before that, that Big Bill and Cage okay. won to move on if, that one. Yeah, because if it was the MJF and uh, and uh, Adam Cole one, then you could see his fingerprints all over it because that, that was so entertaining. Yes. Yes, it, it absolutely was. Um, and I, I see some comments here in the chat about like, oh, he's just going to say, put your hands in your pockets more and things like that. And I do think that uh, people need to understand that the character people play on TV and what they understand are two totally different things. And so mm-hmm. I think he would probably be the first person to tell you that not everyone can stick their hands in their pockets and do this kind of thing. Like you said, he understands the entertainment aspect of it. And I think that he'll probably be very beneficial in helping some people who maybe are good with the grapples and the 450 burning hammers and things like that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. help them find ways to get more uh, mileage out of those things. I have to correct you on that. It's a twisting burning 450 hammer Phoenix splash. Oh <laughs> yes. My, my apologies. <laughs> You're correct. I, 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 uh, I, I, I got that one wrong. Uh, but I think that'd be interesting. It'll be fun to see which ones he produces and which matches mm-hmm. he works on. Uh, it's always interesting when you hear certain people, what they worked on. I know uh, Tyson Kidd, it feels like every time uh, a women's match is like match of the night, you find out he worked on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if he just does the women's matches or if it's uh, that's just a coincidence. But it just seems like every time there's a women's match that knocks it out of the park, you find out he had his hands on it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Sometimes, uh, you know, you find a niche and, uh, you know, here's here's a guy, uh, you know, TJ coming from from where his uh, background is, you know, he's uh, uh, he's fit in nicely in that role. And mm-hmm. maybe maybe he just has that rapport with with the ladies and, and, and can help them put together their matches. And and of course, you know, uh, having someone like Natty by your side doesn't hurt either. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, so and I do want to say while we're waiting for Justin to uh, to come back, I'm sure he'll be back here in a second. Mm-hmm. I want to say I, I do look at the comments. I do see some things on uh, YouTube and what and I just want to address that we don't cover Rampage uh, and very often we don't cover collision. And it's definitely not an AEW thing. It happens just to be a scheduling thing. That's the issue why we're having trouble finding coverage for those is uh collisions a Saturday Saturdays are tough and uh to find people to cover shows for that's the biggest issue with collision and rampage I'm gonna be honest there's there's not a lot of story beats that happen on rampage there's not really just a lot of thought to say about it that's why we don't cover it um so I just want to I want to give everyone that heads up we're not avoiding those shows it's just you can always say that was a great match about rampage so many times and Mm -hmm. collision we all have lives so it's hard to find people availability for collision coverage that's mm. the issue not this isn't an anti-aew stance right right um it's unless you're a unless, lot to cover my goodness yeah. unless you're justin who will leave the program when you talk about orange cassidy <laughs> producing matches 
literally it was like literally it was like clockwork like my my internet like i look over my my entire router just starts rebooting i was like oh my god <laughs> justin says i just can't deal with orange cassidy right now i'm done <laughs> See, D D dan snyder in a six billion he's he's he's, he's traced and hacked into me he's here to sabotage me he's like, he's like he's like i may be out of the nfl but i'm still gonna hunt down anyone who says negative things about me <laughs> Um, hey, hey, your 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 router put their hard wire in their pockets. So can I? <laughs> uh, well, let's get into the show. Before we do, as mm -hmm. always, I want to uh, remind everyone to like, comment, share, subscribe, and uh, I want to thank everyone who's in the chat. If you're not in the chat and you're a lurker, shout out to the lurkers. Uh, let me let me see in mm -hmm. the chat. Uh, but also, everyone in the chat: Dylan Matthews, Shabowski, Bernie, DC, Rocky. Baby Ice, who gave me a demerit, by the way. How dare you? Ethan Cruz, Huffman Elite Training. Shout out to you. I saw that you uh, go, had some issues uh, today. So uh, thoughts with you. Thanks for making it. Uh, Tut Graf, Stephen Camp, uh, Fat Matt. I definitely see your chat. We're going to get to that when we get to that part of the hmm. show. Uh, and everyone else who's with us, thank you so much uh, for coming through. Danny Cochran as well and, and Tommy O. Uh, and Big John and everyone else. Thanks so much. We got to get to the show though. Let's chat about mm -hmm. let's chat about Monday Night Raw. Why don't I mean let's try oh. that for once on oh. this show? Um, we start the show off uh, with Finn Balor and the Judgment Day bragging about how their champs are going to be the next world champ, and then Dom comes out and he just gets cut off by Sammy and KO. Uh, they said that they've already done this whole thing already, but. Let's do it again, this time with the North American Championship on the line uh, to kick things off and sort of set in motion what the rest of the show is going to be. Justin, I thought this was a pretty interesting thing. They kind of just brushed over, but apparently Dom is the first person to ever main event Raw, NXT, and SmackDown in one week. Yeah, that is a pretty cool um, a triple threat stat. Uh, I, I like this. You know, I, I like this uh, this approach of, you know, Dom had, be, had he's already an established main event main roster guy and you know he's 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 had some main events uh as we just said and so then for him to go and do the thing that he never did which is the nxt run he never had that nxt run but it it, it oddly brings some credibility to nxt and to this north american title you know there's a nice little video package because obviously only a fraction of the people um that watch raw are also watching nxt that's just what the numbers show and so it was a nice little rub to nxt to show the dom and the judgment day was all Uh oh, I think uh, I think Justin's router is uh, turning heel on us. Jimmy. I know. Yeah, it seems that way. That's for sure. It froze up a little bit there. Just I give up. Just, yeah. ju Justin, your your router's turning heel on you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really. Overall, though, good, good, good for Dom, and it's yeah. smart having Dom. It's a rub for NXT and the North American title. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, I love the line here from uh, Sammy, who said to uh, who said to Dom. You're being disrespected, and that's because no one respects you. <laughs> yeah, no, I just the, the shots taken at him were amazing, but at the same time, uh, it's amazing the insane heat he is getting right now. It almost makes me scared. How much more heat can he get? You know, and the the, the, the interesting thing is they open up the show with uh, three members of the Judgment Day in the ring, including the leader Finn Balor, uh, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley. And Dominic gets his own separate entrance because they took advantage of that moment where once he comes out, you know what's going to happen. And it happened. So looking forward to uh, <clears throat> more down the road with Dom and, and, and the way he, he's helping, believe it or not, he's helping Judgment Day get heat as a group. 
mm-hmm. because he's associated with them. Simple as that. Again, you go back to we, we've we've talked about this before, but it, it is funny if you imagine going back in time to the start of Judgment Day when it was Edge. If I had said to you, Jimmy, just so you know, eventually Judgment Day is going to be living off of Dominic Mysterio, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you'd be like, Jack, what are you talking about? This is yeah. silly. Uh, but mm-hmm. that's absolutely the way it is. That's how it. That's how it's become. Mm-hmm. It absolutely has. And, and good for him. It's just like, like I said, my only concern is how much more heat can he generate? I will say the one thing I didn't like about this opening, I, I definitely liked, like, I liked the line. I liked what they set up. I liked, I like how it was drawn up, but, and I know this is kind of Kevin Owens character, but how he called out that we did this already to me was just kind of like a big reminder. They've done this already. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It kind of was like, oh yeah, we have done this already. Why are we doing it? It kind of, it, it made it feel repetitive, even though, again, I, I get how it's drawn up and it makes total sense, but in viewing it, and I don't know if you felt this way, I felt a bit like, oh yeah, we are kind of just repeating what we already did. No, I, I, I get that. But at the same time, it's still entertaining because Kevin Owens made it entertaining. Sami Zayn made it entertaining. All the all the players, even on the other side, made it entertaining, and yeah, it's almost like you said, yes, we've seen it before, but I don't mind seeing it again, as yeah. long as they keep, you know, they keep me invested. Um, well, we continue on, and we get Zoe Stark versus Becky Lynch, and this is a multi-segment matchup with mm-hmm. Becky Lynch getting the win, and now Becky will get to face Trish Stratus at SummerSlam, uh, Justin. Talk to me about how Becky has finally managed to earn the right to be in the ring with someone as great as Trish Stratus. Uh, 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 because I think they're throwing darts against the wall when they're putting some of this women's stuff together. I, I don't know. This is this is where I feel like um, this is where this is a story that's been going on for a while here with Trish and Becky. And this is where I feel like uh, time is the enemy. They just they, they just don't know how to fill some of these weeks. It, it doesn't mm-hmm. really make sense. I, I mean, I get. Trish and Becky, that's a marquee SummerSlam worthy match, but I feel like um I, I feel like they've had too many again, too many weeks to fill. They they I mm-hmm. they I don't know, they should have maybe tried to book this differently because and maybe maybe they wanted this much time to go by to try to get Zoe Stark the rub and try to get Zoe, but it's just it feels very redundant. Just get me to SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. This is one of those rivalries that does feel like it's been going on for a very long time. Um, and I get that we got to get to SummerSlam and fill the time, but I agree with Justin. It feels like we're starting to fill up a little bit of the time. And speaking mm-hmm. of filling time, Jimmy, I was thinking of you when this happened because Becky Lynch has her match. She wins. And then we're going to skip ahead a little bit. Like two hours later in the show, she's still in her gear, walking around, excited about it. This mm-hmm. feels like one of those things we've talked about before where structuring the show wise probably should have been a bit closer to after her match so it feels like that's why she's still walking around pumped instead of looking like she's been walking around for two hours jazzed up about something yeah again and it's not just in wwe it's all companies have this little problem with placement of certain segments and like you said it doesn't make sense for her to be walking around in her ring gear still so long after her match if it had been the next let's say you have one match in between and her walking around, then you have that segment and you play it. That's fine. I get trying to space her out on the show. So because, you know, sometimes in certain mm-hmm. hours, others tune in, others tune out, whatever the case may be. But at the same time, when you see that, it doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah, that was that was my, again, I think 
the backstage segment was fine. It was just very much a like, wait, she's Why? still two hours later walking around like she's just came back through the curtain. Yeah, why uh, not? Um, but uh, I but think I'll give, I, uh, sorry, yeah, not to cut ahead. you up, but I will give the women credit because I thought they had a they had a good match though, with Becky and uh, and uh, Zoe. Yeah, yeah. And I was gonna say, uh, Justin, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the match with Zoe. I thought Zoe. This is one of those situations where Zoe lost, but she hung in there with one of the top competitors on the brand. No, she definitely. I mean, yeah, she she got she got some shine and she 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 held her own she she made she made becky work to get that match uh so on that regard yeah zoe zoe is um you know she's not being just discarded here she she is getting quality minutes um but again it's just it it feels like just give me the trish becky because that's 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 what we want you know and and then i'll be maybe interested in zoe uh, a little bit more i don't know just you know it's just she's there but she's still just She's still she's still Robin at the moment to Batman. Yeah. Well, I like to say she's Diesel to Heartbreak Kid still, mm. but uh, um, okay. and I, I and I want to add to um, uh, Stephen Camp saying it was pre-recorded. Like I, I get that. I'm just saying from again a show structure standpoint, mm. so it doesn't feel like it was pre-recorded. It should be closer. Like it should have been the commercial break after the match that she's right. walking around. At. And Tutgraph makes a good point. If I want a match in WWE, I'd be walking around in my ring gear for <laughs> three weeks. <laughs> I would stink. I'd still be sweaty. I'd be like, I'm not taking it off. Uh, <laughs> and you'd never hear the end of it. I'd start mm -hmm. every conversation with, that time I was on Raw and I won a match. <laughs> right. uh, so um, as we continue on, we get... Cody Rhodes and he comes out and he reminds us that Brock beat him up, but uh, he says now SummerSlam Brock deserves to get beat up and he's ending everything there. Uh, Justin, I always say Cody Rhodes is the best there is, or one of the best there. Paul Heyman's still the best there is at selling me on a matchup, but Cody Rhodes here sells us on the matchup, but I, I have a critique here. Uh, this is critique day for Jack Farmer. Ooh. I'm starting to feel like the beginning of Cody Rhodes segments is starting to get a little too long with the long entrance with the, what do you want to talk about with the, excuse me, I'm going to turn my back to the, he spends like five minutes before he does anything every time. Well, I'll say this. I, I the entrance is, is money. So you don't, you don't, you don't shorten that. You don't abbreviate that, but I do tend to agree with you. I know every wrestler, every, every great wrestler on the mic, you know, usually has, you know, catchphrases and shtick and format that they stick to you go with what works but i do agree i never love the what do you want to talk about and, and then yeah, the other recent the whole turn the back on the camera i do agree that sometimes he just needs especially when tonight's promo is so personal and so you know he's talking about being beat up in front of his mother i, I do agree sometimes you need to get to the point faster uh when you're real amped up uh that said i like the fact i mean i like tonight's promo though what when he got into the heart of it i thought again another just solid babyface promo but not a pushover baby, a baby face who is the all American good guy, but he's got some edge to it, you know? And, and I like the fact that, that look, let's lean in. Brock Lesnar is Mr. SummerSlam. I'm looking back real quick at the stats and watch. I'll get frozen during this. Brock Lesnar <laughs> has had 11 SummerSlam matches. Nine of them were the main event. Listen to this. Listen, listen to this resume. Oh, two, a win against the rock. 03 loses to Kurt Angle. 2012 beats triple H 2013 beats CM Punk 2014 Beats Cena, squashes him. It's where Suplex City starts. 15, loses to Taker. 16, beats Orton. 17, beats Roman, Samojo, and Braun Strowman. 18, he loses to Roman. 19, loses to Rollins. 22, loses to Reigns. 
So, I mean, that's a hell of a SummerSlam resume. I mean, so he is Mr. SummerSlam. I do think they need to build more around that. I like that Cody dropped that in there. But look at the trend. He has not won at SummerSlam since 2017. So I certainly do think they are setting up for him to uh, put Cody over, which I think is the right decision given uh, Cody's journey, given the the Cody's documentaries coming out just a few days prior uh, on Peacock. So, yeah, I, I, li- I liked everything about this, except for, like you said, Jack, a little bit long to get into it. But once he did, man, he was off off and running. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I'm not removing the one of the best salesmen of a match there is. I'm The, the beginning, though, is getting long. But I do got to say, going to that, uh, Jimmy, for so long in his career, Brock Lesnar was torn to shreds for being, I guess they call him selfish or whatever, like not really giving back to the, the business or whatever. But as Justin's reading off these matches, by the way, not only were they big opponents, but they were like banger matches as well Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. if they weren't banger they were like uh the john cena just destroying him memorable yeah Yeah. uh but brock doesn't get enough credit for giving back when you look at how many people were made by beating brock lesnar yeah and you heard that list from justin it's it's incredible because brock lesnar i I know people think they know a little bit about the yes the, the curtain has been peeled back and we know that sometimes some talent has a little bit of a say and and hey you know what I don't think I should be losing to this guy or whatever the case may be and in Brock's situation he wasn't the final word he never was the final word it was Vincent Kennedy McMahon who was the final word and Vince saw money in this man and that's why he got those big wins over such big opponents it wasn't because Brock said well I'm not I'm not taking a loss to so-and-so and and that's not at all what it is and Brock as you see in the last few years has been giving back and has been putting opponents over and you can tell he's doing it professionally and not doing it in a way where okay I'm just gonna put this guy over you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yeah I mean if you look through how many people look like world-class stars because they beat him by the way I want to shout out NYC Demon Diva in the chat thanks for coming through thanks for the raid by the way we got to give Isis some credit for that um i want to talk about dominic mysterio having his match with Sami Zayn. uh story of the match here obviously is ko and judgment day get evicted to the back and uh that doesn't stop judgment day from helping dom get the win they beat up ko and put him out there for sammy to see sammy gets distracted sammy gets beat uh, Jimmy, I know you have uh, you get frustrated when things are the same every time. I thought this was a unique way to do the whole Judgment Day helping someone get the win. Yeah, because it was a distraction, but the distraction was not at ringside distracting the referee because when that happens, the heat goes more to the referee a lot of times in the way they do it. This was uh, Sammy seeing his partner, his best friend, so to speak, getting laid out and wondering what the heck is going on here before getting surprised with the roll-up of doom. Um, uh, I will give credit. At least Don pulled the tights on this one, which is the heel move, which is what you're supposed to do when you're a heel, you know, but uh, yeah, I thought the way it was set up was, was great. You know, you had the ejections leading up to this and you thought, okay, so how are they going to do this and how are they going to, are they going to implement it? And they didn't come ringside. To distract it was over on the stage and you know sammy's sammy's reactions were were great 
uh, Justin, there were rumblings on Twitter. I wasn't able to really validate anything, so this might not be accurate at all. But uh, um, it sounds like KO and Liv Morgan, who we'll talk about in a moment, may have been uh, injured at some point along the way. Um, and it looks like maybe this is a way to cover that up for a little bit. Yeah, I heard the same thing, especially with KO. So, yeah, if so, oh, that's a clever way. It gets He's still out there. You still get the, the heat on the fact that he's getting attacked. But, you know, the way they did it, he didn't have to really, really be seen you know, bumping or doing much to, you know, further risk any more injury. So, yeah, I thought it was, you know, it's always amazing too, Jimmy, that in this day and age, the, uh, the pop that the ref ejecting the heels still gets, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's just such, such a simple thing, but it still gets, it's still over with the crowd in 2023. Mm-hmm. No, it is amazing. Were you, Jimmy, whenever you got told you're going to eject someone from ringside, did you ever get like, yeah, I get to do my thing? Uh, yeah, on the inside, I didn't want to let people know that it was, Hey, this is cool. Yeah. This is, a, I get a moment, so to speak. And I, I, you know, it, they always wanted it projected too. you make right. let the people in the back know what you're doing. Hey, you, you are out of here. And uh, you know, if it was TV, you did it uh, a little more subdued, but at house shows, it was a lot of fun where you do, Hey, you, yeah. you know, you're in, yeah, thing, it's but... almost like the little disco thing where you like yeah. <laughs> yeah. you do the and then you throw them. Yeah. Like <laughs> that was that was for me. That was our time to have a little fun. Was that was that house show slash live events? All right, we need our content creators to uh, put together. There's got to be some footage somewhere of Jimmy doing some big wind ups, throwing somebody out. Somebody grab that footage and put it to like you know some like like to the Bee Gees or, or some seventies yeah. oh. music. Of, just have Jimmy doing disco while he's ejecting somebody. Oh, oh my God. goodness, yes, I, we got someone out there who can do that. Come on, that's your assignment, America yeah. or a world, uh, I should say. Tremendous. Uh, uh, Fat Matt, Fat Matt, with some high praise here says, in my opinion, best Dom has looked in the ring. Uh, definitely seems very confident. Uh, yeah. At least, especially as opposed to when I think back to when he was still tag teaming with his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy, yeah, he's he, I mean, it's hard not to be confident for him, I imagine, at this point. Like, um, but uh, baby, I says, put it to Boogie Wonderland, by the way. I love 70s music, it's so fun, oh, and like, uh... it's how do you not groove to it? Uh, I was listening to Shake Shake Your Groove thing Shake it today. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, so- if you guys oh. sing, if you guys sing any more like the actual artist, we're gonna get a violation copyright strike. Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, I'm sure if the artist heard uh, heard me sing it, they'd be like, "That doesn't sound anything like me." Don't. So Tommaso Ciampa has a match with Bronson Reed, but before the match, he tries to smooth things out with Nakamura. Not really in the best possible way he could do that, but he does try. Uh, It's a hard-hitting match uh, that Mm -hmm. ends with Nakamura coming out and distracting Ciampa so that Reed can get the win. Mm -hmm. Um, KP says Bronson Reed is as tall as he is wide. Justin... I don't know. Maybe I, I might be mistaken here, but um, this has got to be a tough match for you because I feel like you're a huge fan of both of them. Well, I am a fan of both of them. I, I liked what I liked about this was, you know, it's two guys who uh, you still you, you're still trying to consistently get the audience behind them. Bronson reads on TV pretty regularly. Champ obviously just came back, um, but this they worked and they got the crowd on their feet. They were hard hitting and they got the crowd 
really invested. This was uh, one of the surprise high points in the night. Not surprising to me that these, you know, I, I see the talent that both these guys have. But again, just looking in the context, you know, how much is the audience necessarily caring? How, how much do they care that Champa, you know, got screwed by uh, Shinsuke the week prior? And 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 are, are they buying in? He's not just Bronson Reed. He's big Bronson Reed. Are they buying in to hit the enormity of his size? And I really felt that these two guys, um, you know, they, they could have been a match. Some people got up and, you know, used the bathroom or got some merch or whatever. But I felt that the, the crowd was there with them by the time they were where they were going home and I, th- I thought really hard working match here by two guys who again drastically different in, in size and styles uh and they, they 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 gave us something you know so again those of you who did not watch raw looking for us to give you the footnotes uh don't fast forward over this match this match is worth this match mm-hmm. is worth your time mm-hmm. yeah jimmy this is i feel like it's like the gunther effect where like he's made it so that if you lay in like your chops and things like that, you can really win the crowd over these days. Um, mm. Maybe I, I shouldn't credit him. I don't know. It just feels like the <laughs> more popular he gets, the more I see that kind of match on TV, but it mm-hmm. seems to work. It felt like Ciampa came out swinging and you could yeah. see Bronson's chest after the match. Mm-hmm. And now he feels like a, a contender. No, he does. And it, it, he's a big dude. He's a tough dude. And, and yes, Bron- big Bronson Reed, sorry, let me get that right. You know, he looked good against him, and it was one of those matches, you know, sometimes you go into a match and you say, well, I can't see so-and-so winning, and I can't see this guy winning this match. Uh, and you kind of have it in your mind, you figured who's going to be the winner ahead of time. This was one of those matches where you went in and you said, you know what, you can make a case for either guy. And either mm-hmm. guy going over under the right circumstances works. And you know, I thought, you know, Ciampa going over in this match would have been j- perfectly fine. But the way he he lost the match is fine as well. Everything worked. And like you said, Justin, I had it written down here. Well, another hard hitting match here with these two guys. And mm-hmm. they, you know, and they won the crowd over. Like you said, they seemed a little quiet at first, but they did respond to the match because the guys told a nice little story in the ring. Yeah, and I think that they both bought themselves. I mean, Bronson's going to be on TV a lot, but Ciampa, I think, is still on that, needs to earn and find the time, uh, find a way to earn that TV time, and I think he did that this time around. Um, I say it must be hard to watch, Justin, because you like them both, because I don't know about you, but I still want my favorites to win all the time. And so uh, two of my favorites fight each other. Like, you guys be friends. Fight other people. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not focused on I'm just focused on, again, maximizing the minutes, just using your TV time and getting a reaction to people, and they did. Well, a couple of people that really maximized their minutes were um, Chelsea and Sonia, who they say they need more interview time, but they also love Rhea Ripley, <laughs> who showed up in the middle of their promo, uh, or they showed up in the middle of the promo, and Rhea showed up. Uh, they interview, inter- interrupted Liv Morgan, who said that she's not scared of Rhea Ripley, but she probably should be because they were going to have a match, and Rhea Ripley just wrecked her and ended things, uh, I think, for Liv Morgan for the time being. Uh, Jimmy, this, as we said, sounds like Liv might be dealing with an injury. Probably a good way to take her off TV or at least have a reason why she's not competing week in and week out. Absolutely, and done in a good way. And and like you said, the interaction backstage led to this and having uh, Chelsea and Sonia in their interaction with Rhea put Rhea over big time like heels. They acted like, uh, you know, chickens. Let's put it that way. A little bit of cowardly, the, (laughs) uh, the women's champ. And if there is an issue with Liv Morgan, this is a nice way to 
to get her off TV. Because uh, and also it, when it's time for Raquel to come back, hey, you took out my my partner and my friend. You know, now that this could lead to the setup of Rhea and Raquel down the road. Justin, the Chelsea and Sonia thing, this is the uh, second or third time they've kind of sucked up to Rhea. Do we think something's going to happen there? Are they going to start working with Rhea in some way? Like, th- There's got to be a payoff at some point, right? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you you would think when you start to see things like this on repeat that it's not by accident. As Jimmy, as the analogy Jimmy and I often use, it's a seed that you can put it in the ground and you can choose if you want to water it. Um, and I think, and I think the timing of it is interesting because we've already been seeing some underlying teasing amongst problems amongst Finn and priest, you know, jealousy uh, with with the money in the bank briefcase and can Finn get the job done against Seth. So I think if you start to look at a world where uh, a Monday night raw, where if judgment day is not all together or if they are fragmented, you know, maybe, maybe priest goes and does his own thing because you know he, he just he's going to be world he wants to be world champion you know finn's maybe finn you know he's on his own Rhea and dom i don't think i don't think you can let go of that relationship and that connection but you could have something where you know the, these two obnoxious hanger-ons like sonia and chelsea are trying to be Rhea's lackeys for lack of a better term um and she'll and she'll only associate with them as long as they do have titles around their waist and so you know so i mean i think they're there yeah, the, the, to answer your question and the short answer I think there is potential there. There is there is a storyline to go, especially if you know WWE doesn't want judge. You know, you always want to stay ahead of the curve. You don't want the crowd to start telling you this has gone stale. So mm-hmm. I don't think Judgment Day is stale, and I think there's a lot going on there. But I think if you if you are starting to forecast in the future where to go, um, you don't want to disrupt the momentum of Rhea Ripley. So I think that could be something uh, worth exploring. I, and, and I think that could be a really fun dynamic too, because you got these two who are just annoying, but when they've got Rhea behind them or connected to them in some way, that suddenly gives them a lot more teeth that they can use in in case mm-hmm. of uh, an emergency, so to speak. So, and I and I and I still think as as we're future fantasy booking, and if we're talking about Rhea, I still think at some point there would be grand potential of a very weird Rhea Dom wedding. They, I they, hope so. they, they, you know, they, they're together. They don't kiss. They don't, they don't go over the top. They let it be very subtle. My, my, my dom, dom, and mommy, and poppy, and the whispering, and the, and the caressing of the, like they don't, they don't, they're, they're not, they're not doing, they're not Edge and Lita doing live sex celebration. Yeah. But, but we, but we, we're, we're, we're supposed to believe that there's a, and I think if they ever wanted to go down that route, there is some grand potential of, of what could. You know, given that Dom's family has real family, real life family has actually been on TV, and it's just such an odd. You know, Dom's trying to be this, you know, done hard time, and here's Rhea, who's who's frightening, and and and, and I don't know. There's there's. I just think it's another one you could go down a fantasy wormhole with. Mm-hmm. I would love to see them have some kind of wedding. It is interesting; they've never actually. They're like done anything to say that they're actually a couple. They've always just alluded to it very heavily. So it's it's a fun dynamic to that mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. um, which I like. I, yeah, I think yeah. it's I think it, it's it's that, it's that thing of use your imagination. And your imagination might be greater than yes. anything they could come up with. There you go. Yes, yes, I agree completely. Um, we move on, and Alpha Academy say they don't know what a Viking rules match is. So what about an Academy match? 
Um, and then Maxine challenges Valhalla next week and Val, uh, Viking Raiders respond. Jimmy, is this, this Alpha Academy is very, they're, they're popular. People love them. Mm -hmm. They're entertaining. This is another one that's starting to feel like maybe the wheels are coming off as far as entertainment value with this rivalry. Do you agree or do you disagree? No, I, I'm, 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 I'm still in the wait and see mode. I hate to sound like I'm, you know, I'm straddling the fence here, but uh, I, I have these high hopes for Alpha Academy and I don't want it to get derailed just mm -hmm. yet because I think uh, Chad Gable is just awesome. And, and in some ways underutilized, because mm -hmm. I think this guy has the potential to be another star. Uh, I keep making that Kurt Angle reference, not just because he's an, you know, an amateur wrestler and they have that similar background, but at the same time, this guy is so entertaining. He can do everything. He can have great matches in the ring. He can be funny. He's sports. He, he He's entertaining. He gets people invested in what he does. You don't, like you said, want the wheels to come off it. So I'm going to give it a chance to see where it goes before I say, uh oh, they're heading in the wrong direction. Yeah, Justin, I, st I still love Alpha Academy, but it does feel like they've had a lot of matches with the Viking Raiders. Um, what what are your thoughts on where they're at? It seems like they're going to SummerSlam at this point. Yeah, you know, I was just talking a minute ago about Judgment Day, and you don't want things to get stale. You want to stay ahead of the curve. I fear we're getting closer to that territory with American Alpha. I feel like, or Alpha Academy, excuse me. America. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like, I mean, Chad Gable, th there was a, a couple months ago, the way he would get over with the shoosh and the thank yous, and then he'd back it up in the ring. Uh, I, I feel like maybe there was a time they should have pulled the trigger harder on him, and, they, and they've and they backed off. Now, it's, this has done wonders for Maxine. This has done really good for her. But I almost feel like somewhere, some, I almost feel like somewhere in the office, like, we're afraid. It's like they feel like, okay, Otis, he needs to have somebody who can do more talking there with him. He can't just do his funny big guy spots but then it's almost like well the chad we still he's maybe he's a little smaller like i don't know but I, I feel like there's like a fear of letting either one of them go off truly on their own and i'm not saying you have to like end the relationship i'm not saying they still can't wear the same colors they still can't be in support of each other but i do think th there needs to be more aggressive booking specifically with chad gable we, we if we if we haven't said it two dozen times neither jimmy or i have said it once Chad Gable is give me an Owen Hart, Kurt Angle, love child, and this is what you have in Chad Gable in terms of the comedy, in terms of the timing, in terms of the athleticism, in terms of the real credibility. Uh, and from what I understand, this is just hearsay, but it's positive hearsay. Very well liked in the locker room, team, you know, mm. team guy, everybody. So, I mean, what what more could you ask for? That, that those are a lot of skills in baseball. They call it a five tool player that doesn't come along very often. It kind of and he, yeah, the one knock. He's a little undersized. He's he's built all hell. Gable is yes. He's a little undersized, but I think all those things can over can make you forget about the size. He he might only be you know five foot nine, five foot ten, but his spirit and his energy is seven feet. I, I also think in this day and age, the size isn't as big of an issue as it was in the past. Um, True, because people have been able to overcome that a little bit. But yeah, I I think also. In my opinion, the greatest thing the New Day ever really did was show that you can have guys do singles things while still remaining a team and not breaking yes. that up. And yes, uh, yes. so yeah. I I think they could easily have guys have them do their own separate thing, but not break up the team just because they're not 
tag team guys. But Agreed. I just feel like like when they said I thought it was done last week, and so they're like, oh, we're gonna do it again. I was like, oh, okay, let's hmm. get ready to do it again. Um, I, I just I don't know. I feel like they could be in it. I want to see him go against now KO and Sammy. I mean, obviously they're in something, and we'll talk about that. But hmm. anyways, uh, Ricochet says he's happy that Logan Paul is going to be there. And then later is asking everyone where Logan Paul is. Eventually, Ricochet goes to the ring and calls out Logan Paul. He gets attacked from behind by Logan Paul, live streams, accepting the challenge. Later, uh, or then eventually, Ricochet attacks Paul and knocks him out. Uh, later, Logan Paul says that Ricochet was unprofessional. And mm-hmm. Logan Paul says he was victimized. Uh, Justin... Ricochet needed to get the last laugh in this interaction this week. He did. He, I I agree. He did. And the way the segment ended, I I agree with, he needed, he needed to be standing tall over Logan Paul. Who's, you know, just selfie himself getting super kicked and and all that stuff. Uh, I still have a similar critique as to the, the time prior. I don't necessarily agree with what we saw and heard of Ricochet leading up to it. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I believed him. I don't, you know, he's he, he's calling Logan Paul these names, and I'm like, I, Ricochet doesn't talk like that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really believe this. So once again, I kind of think maybe less would have been more. Maybe it just could have been, could we have somehow expedited how he got to the, you know, let let Ricochet say a few things very briefly, like not nothing much, and have Logan Paul attack him. Paul, you know, pander around the ring, and then Ricochet comes back, and again, and all, all the whole time while it's being filmed uh, by Paul. I, I just think. Ricochet did a little bit more talking than again. I think that it then than he felt comfortable or it sounded that he felt comfortable. The match is going to be hopefully the match is going to be tremendous and hopefully it is going to be mm-hmm. something that is again going to trend and it's going to do all the viral things, all the things that Paul's saying that he doesn't care about. But I just don't buy Ricochet when he speaks. Mm-hmm. I just don't. He's he's he does incredible things. He he does incredible things, but I just don't buy him speaking the way he is. It's fu- it's funny you say that Justin and Jimmy, I want your opinion on this because the whole time he was talking, he sounded like someone who was waiting to get cut off. And like, like he would say something thinking, okay, the music's going to hit or someone's going to come out. Oh, it didn't. Okay. Well, I'll say something else. Okay. Still waiting. It felt like he was, you know what I mean? Waiting for that to happen the whole time he was actually talking. It didn't feel natural. And the other week when, when he was out there and I saw there was a little bit of improvement in that, I think this week was a step back. Mm-hmm. For him, definitely, because like Justin said, and I hate to sound like uh, Captain Agreeable here, it just didn't sit well with me. It sounded, it, it sounded like someone trying to play wrestler. Yeah. If if you get my, mm-hmm. like you said, don't get me wrong, his abilities in the ring are incredible. It's just you need to be in in today's world the entire package, and he needs to somehow find himself and be able to express vocally as ricochet and not as someone envisions ricochet and 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 i again i agree jimmy and just just take the step further i think what's troubling with him is that my first uh exposure to him really was actually when he was not ricochet when he was in lucha underground he was he was a Mm -hmm. character called prince puma too Mm -hmm. and and jack you in la you know this he was prince puma and and lucha underground was a whole different world but real quick for those that didn't know, he was Prince Puma, and, and uh, Conan was his manager uh, mouthpiece. And they did this great backstory on Prince Puma, and, and he came from his ancestors of the Aztecs and all this stuff, and what he was fighting for. And he was under a mask. It was a great story. And, and Conan and the video packages did all the talking. And then 
Ricochet as Prince Puma just got to showcase and do what he does great, which is which is all the athleticism. But I understand WWE doesn't want to do that with him because you put a mask on him. No, take the mask off because they, because WWE feels that the, 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 there's 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 money to be made in the face. He's a good looking, you know, good looking. Uh, oh, so WWE and want to put that out there. <laughs> WWE doesn't want Justin Labar to say that uh, Ricochet's a good-looking guy. They're they're cutting yeah. him off as he's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I I agree with you on that point, Justin. You're you're back now. You were saying um, about not wearing the mask. Yeah, he, he's a good-looking you know man of color. I can understand want to put him out there. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, I can understand that. But it just I, I would I would almost rather them go a, a route where it's like there's other backstory, other mouthpiece, and then just let him showcase bell to bell in the ring. Right. I, I think with him, something I would love to have him see, have him do too is, and again, look, he's in a match with Logan Paul. So we're going to nitpick everything he says, as opposed mm. to if this was a rivalry against uh, like Giovanni Vinci, no offense to G- Giovanni Vinci, yeah. but there's less of a spotlight in that case. Right. Um, and I was, and I think that might actually be one of the, the issues is I, I would love to see them let him get some confidence and let him get going with maybe some things where we can get some wins, start feeling good. Mm-hmm. It feels very much like they're like, okay, we're going to keep him in the uh, the toy box until this big moment where he needs to really show up and deliver without having any of those opportunities before. I think if this was a wrestling mm-hmm. in wrestling, you'd say, no, you got to be at house shows. You got to be doing this stuff, get mm-hmm. used to it. I don't think they're letting him do that on the microphone. And I'd love to see him have some smaller rivalries where he could have time on the microphone, get confident, get wins, start feeling good about himself before being put in this massive spotlight for these things. No, you're right. And, and, and like you said, when it comes to do, doing promos, uh, you know, house shows where or live events is where you fe- felt your oats, so to speak. So I hate to sound so old school by saying that, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the producer, the, the agent for the match would give you bullet points. Hey, make sure you touch on this and touch on that. And, and, you know, be you and see how that works. And the best feedback you get is from a live audience. And if the audience is reacting, now you know you're onto something. Yeah. Um, so hopefully things click. And like Justin said, I hope, I think it's going to be a show stealer at uh, SummerSlam. Well, maybe not show. I feel like they've got a lot of show stealer potentials on SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. So I won't put my won't put my uh, my chips down just yet on the show stealer, but it'll be a really good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of though, Shayna Baszler says she is going to fight Rousey at SummerSlam. Jimmy, mm-hmm. are we getting a fight pit? I don't know. It, it would be interesting if they did something completely different. Maybe a, maybe a women's fight pit match would be uh, the way to go. But it, the only problem with that is, you know, it's, it is structured. So do you want to do it right out of the gate? Kind of like this, this is, this would, this is, if correct me if I'm wrong, this would be their first match. Uh, mm-hmm. So do you want the first match? Uh, yes, I get it. It's SummerSlam. But do you want the first match between these two to be a, uh, a fight pit? Or you need to build to it, don't you? A little bit? I guess rumors are circulating. I don't know how accurate they are, but that Rousey might not have a lot of time on her contract. So this might mm-hmm. be a all or nothing situation. If that is the situation, then I get this. If they if if they know that Rousey's days are limited and that she's probably done that she's not going to resign one right now, then I understand. Yeah, get every last bit of credibility out of her to make Shayna Baszler. If that's what the situation is, if it's not, this is a huge risk because you you because you know when you when you blur these lines of okay, 
The rest of the card is pro wrestling. This is a real fight. You run a real risk of burying whoever's going to lose this real fight. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm going to do the wait and see. I'm going to do the wait and see because yeah. I don't know the situation. I don't know what Rob, Ross's contract is. I don't know. You know, she might even be the one saying, "Look, I'm, I'm on my way out," and I know her and Shane are friends in real life. She might, she might say, "Look, I'm on the way out. Let me help." Let me let me get her over mm-hmm. so she can she's sticking around. So let me maybe and, I, and and if that's the case, that's great professionalism by her, I suppose. But I don't know what the situation is. But all I'm saying is, whenever you blur the lines of on a pro wrestling show, this is the real fight. Look, there's a reason why the brawl for all still to this day gets dubbed as one of the. You start going into that territory of, you start bending the rules of. Mm-hmm. And you start screwing every other guy and girl that's on the card working a pro wrestling match. Mm-hmm. When when they've done fight pits before, who was the referee for those? I don't remember. Jimmy, oh do you goodness. recall? Oh, you're asking the wrong guy to try to remember stuff like yeah. that. Ugh. Yeah, I think, I'm sure. I'm sure people in the chat there can help us. Out. It, it's been WWE or NXT refs. It hasn't been like a spe- like they haven't brought in like yeah. a know, right. You know. Yeah. Um, cause I'm trying to, I, I can only imagine what that's like as a referee having to learn different rules. Cause there's a lot of rules in wrestling, but then to be like, mm-hmm. in this case, it's different. Uh, for, for me, wrong. when I was doing matches where uh, supposedly shoot fight matches, I found it easier because mm-hmm. I watched shoot fights. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I knew what the rules were and I just reacted to what was going on. So. Yeah, well, that, I don't want to say everybody was like that, but that's how I found it. Um, let's uh, in the chat here. Um, we had uh, what was it? Uh, DJ uh, Eviev, Eviev, DJ Eviev says, mm-hmm. uh, "Who are we cheering for, Shayna or Rousey?" In the chat, let me know who you guys are rooting for in that rivalry and that feud. Mm-hmm. Uh, who you guys want to win? Uh, but in the meantime, uh, Judgment Day's in the back doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And they run into Apollo Crews and Akira Tozawa. And together they stand up to the Judgment Day. My guy, Akira Tozawa, right there, front and center on the front lines. Uh, but I think think Damian Priest is a little scared of Akira Tozawa, so he focuses on Apollo Crews. <laughs> and we get an Apollo Crews match versus Damian Priest. Uh, Crews gets some offensive, but for the most part, this is Damian Priest's match uh, to win. Uh um, I always like to let Justin uh, gush over Damian Priest, so I'm gonna let Justin. You get you get to go last on this one, uh, Justin. Any thoughts, real quick, Jimmy, on uh, Apollo Cruz versus Damian Priest? No, that, no real thoughts. It's good to see Apollo back, but it, it, you know this is what it needed to be. Here's your Money in the Bank winner, who looks like a dominant uh, uh, threat to whoever is going to be the champion. And we saw seeds planted tonight. At, it, again, we'll talk about that a little later but they've been planted before as well. So I think it was the right decision here to have him be a dominant victor in this one. Uh, it was good to see Apollo Cruz get some offense in and show that he could still go. But at the same time, I think Priest was the right choice here. Yep. And Justin, your guy continues to do well, continues to get wins. Um, yeah, right move here. But any thoughts on uh, your guy, Damian Priest, just steamrolling this week? Well, I'll say this as a cheap plug. Uh, we got the okay later this week. Priest and I are going to record one of our conversations together that we get to put out to the world. 
So I will be sure to ask him how scared he was of Akira Tozawa, courtesy of Jack Farmer's uh, yeah. uh, analysis. No, no, but that, that is true. <laughs> latest, latest week, he and I are going to uh, record um, uh, you know, an, an interview, conversation, whatever. So that'll be out on my social. So follow that, Justin LaBar. And no, nothing more to say. J- Jimmy said it. You know, Apollo Cruz. I feel bad. Cruz is a talent in its own right, and and whatever. And he's but back after an NXT stint. He's but back on the main roster, not really used. And but that's just where he is. I mean, not everybody can be a main eventer. Everybody, some somebody's got to lose a match, and that's kind of where he's at right now. I'm not saying that's that's um what his worth is or his ceiling, but that's just where he is right now. And so that was the right call. Uh, and yeah, Priest has got that briefcase. Priest uh, should not be losing any singles matches uh between now you know mm-hmm. between now and whenever he cashes in yeah i agree i think he should be getting these dominant wins as well because you want him to be believable as someone who could win that title and right now he definitely feels that way apollo cruz i i'm a fan of the guy i just i feel like he's just wrong place wrong time over and over um in his career because right now there's just a lot of hot acts on monday night raw mm-hmm. so where do you fit him in is the is the issue um but yeah that's cool to hear you're going to be interviewing damian priest yeah everyone makes sure, you'll give your socials out at the end obviously but everyone stay tuned and make sure to check that out that'll be a fun chat i'm sure and i don't normally do this but i'll do it for this one because you know yeah if, it, 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 and then i'm don't don't send me stupid ones like don't like actually think about if you were the one sitting there talking yeah. to the said talent but if you want to tweet me at justin labar questions or ideas for topics or opinions you'd like me to ask of him again don't be stupid but give me if you want to give me realistic maybe thought-provoking out of the box like hey i'd love to like you know tweet at me and if it's if it maybe i'll consider it for the cut of of, of putting it in there right yeah sometimes uh, you get good questions though but sometimes it's like (laughs) i'm not gonna ask that you're you're out of your mind uh um but in any case yeah that'll be good everyone send that and when you send the the question Send a screen grab of you hitting that five star review on Apple Podcasts or or uh, uh, on YouTube or wherever. Um, as we move forward, though, we get to uh, Gunther versus McIntyre. Well, we get a, a chat between the two. Drew wants to have the match right now. Gunther says, "Nah." McIntyre says, "How about Ludwig become the uh, leader of Imperium?" And Ludwig says, "Nah." So we get a matchup, and it's a great match. But guys. Moment of the night here. Moment of the week. You're not beating this moment. We all know what it was, <laughs> Justin. I'm going to let you go first on this one. Talk to me about how in one match, Corey Graves became the greatest commentator in the history of pro wrestling. This was So he's doing the impression of Kaiser. And I, this stuck out to me, not only for the comedy, but I'm like, I don't think it's not like he just did it like one line and just like if you missed it, you missed it. He like kept doing it, and I'm like, this seems kind of intentional. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was just a one-off, having fun commentary. Definitely has more freedom and has had more relaxation since Triple H is in the in the chair day to day, week to week. So maybe it was just Graves having some fun. <laughs> but I couldn't help but think like. Is is this meant to lead to something? And then I'm like, then then my mind really started going to the wormhole. You know, Corey Graves, yeah. his brother, is also a wrestler in the independent scene. Sam Adonis, and Sam has worked the wrestler who is Le- Kaiser. He's worked. Mm-hmm. and then my mind really started trapping. Like, are we like what is going on here? Are we, are we are we are we inside Joe Gribbing here? Are we? I don't know. But again, I always say, if you didn't watch Raw and you're looking for the highlights, 
Watch <laughs> this match. The match is good, but make sure your volume's turned up to hear Corey Graves. Yeah, he he goes at it for a minute, and it's it's great. Uh, yeah. Fat Matt with the super chat uh, with a a big tip of the cap to Matt Fat Matt for being patient on this one. Says the last match is a banger, but my favorite part was Corey Graves' Ludwig impression. It was hilarious. Um, I could uh, I could not 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 to jump in here, but no, I could go, just imagine in. I could just imagine how it happened. It was probably in catering or on a bus one day where Corey was doing the impression. Everybody popped huge, and somebody said, "Hey, Hunter, you got to hear Corey do this." And Hunter heard it and said, <laughs> "You're doing it on TV." Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, I feel bad because it was actually a great match too. But the whole time, that's all I was thinking about, Jimmy. Was this? Mm -hmm. uh, this I uh, yeah. Any any takeaways? Do you think Ludwig's going to actually? Are we going to see uh, Thunder in Paradise for Imperium like so many other factions in WWE right now? No, I don't want to see it anytime soon because, like you said, we were seeing it in other factions. And when you do it too often, then it it starts to mean less and less. So let this group stay together for as long as possible. And maybe once once the eventual IC title change comes down the road somewhere, that's when it's the wheels start to fall off. Uh, well, by the way, Danny Cochran with the the kind of chat that I love to throw up, even without a, a super chat next to it, ask for a like to get that number up. We got a bunch of people in the watching right now. We should have the equal number of likes to viewers right now. So uh, everyone hit that like button and uh, fill out the survey in the about me. Tell us yes. what you like about the podcast. Well, if you like the podcast, fill out the survey. If they <laughs> were an hour in, if they're still watching, I'd, if, if, if you're still watching and you don't like us, then, I mean, I find some happiness in your life. Yeah. I mean, do you know pro wrestling fans, Justin? They'll sit through three hours of a show they hate all the time. True. <laughs> I, have, I have many accounts uh, muted on, on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, they add up. Um, yeah, but uh, uh, it was a good one. And in the end, of course, Drew puts, Gun puts Gunther through the table, the announced table. Mm -hmm. Um Baby, I was saying, start liking lurkers. Yes. Um, but uh, we get to the contract signing, and um, it's Finn Balor comes out first, doesn't really get a word in until Rollins comes out and says, regardless of what happens, Finn Balor loses. Judgment Day comes out, and it's beatdown time. Sami Zayn tries to help, uh, but that's not enough. Judgment Day beat up everybody involved. Um, Jimmy... There were so many things I loved about this closing to the show. Uh, and I want to start with the idea that regardless of what happens, Finn loses because it brings back Damian Priest with that briefcase. There's that seed again planted and Seth was the one who planted it big time. So that put the thought in people's heads because going into this match at SummerSlam, everybody say, well, Seth's not going to lose it to so-and-so uh, and -so, maybe we'll see... Damian Priest cash it in on Seth after the match or whatever the case may be, and still Judgment Day ends up ahead. But now we've planted a different seed, not only in the head of Finn Balor, but also in the audience watching. Now the audience is thinking, hey, this is something that's very plausible and could happen. And I maybe some people are probably like, oh, I'd love to see it happen that way and watch Judgment Day implode in that way. Just in the visual, I thought was so cool how Judgment Day didn't come just from the ramp, but through yeah. the crowd and the ramp and everywhere else. Uh, visually, this thing was incredible the way they ended this. 
Yeah, it was. And real quick before I answer that question, because I got when I was getting well, my Wi-Fi was Nancy Kerrigan me earlier. Uh, I, 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 want, I think it's an, uh, Huffman Elite Training, who I know is a regular. Uh, and I saw I did see their comment earlier of, uh, going through some some mm. some uh, trouble times. Uh, uh, all the power and, and support to you and your family. Um, I saw you just put up their comment up. Um, yes, I like the way that was. I like I like I like the ambush coming from all angles of the arena. Seth Rollins said it. Here's what's crazy though. In storyline, it's the perfect thing to say. Finn losing no matter what because you got Priest. Again, let's extend into real life though. Finn Balor is the loser in this situation. Okay, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to spoil SummerSlam for any of you. But uh, I'll bet all of my uh, collector's item Redskins stuff that Finn Balor's not beating Seth Rollins at SummerSlam, okay? So Finn Balor's going to lose, and either and Damian Priest is either going to ca- look. Damian Priest has a briefcase. Most of the time, when you have the briefcase, you cash in. You when you have the briefcase, you cash in eventually, and, you, and you're successful. So he's going to be champion. I don't think it's going to be SummerSlam, but he's going to be champion at some point. He's staying in that hunt. Dom Mysterio is on the way up with his stock. Mm-hmm. Mommy's not going anywhere. Finn Balor is the odd man out right now. So I I, I do have to point that out, that, there, that the storyline is correct to what Seth's saying, but this does bleed into real life in the sense of, like, I feel like he is just the odd man out. I don't know where he goes after he loses to Seth Rollins, as I presume he's going to lose to Seth Rollins mm-hmm. at SummerSlam. So uh, I'm interested in SummerSlam, but maybe for the morbid curiosity that in no way favors Finn Balor's career at the moment. Well, and that is where I say the blurring the lines is actually my, that, this is when I like it because you go, yeah, this is an interesting situation that, that Finn Balor is in. Forget all the stuff that you have to read things on the internet for. Like, this is the kind of blurring lines that I really like to see. Um, I do want to add in, uh, Zook Enigma says that it didn't make sense because uh, why it didn't Priest cash in. It's because previously... Priest said that he would let Finn Balor get the first shot, which is at SummerSlam. And that's why Finn Balor was so close to him right at the end there. Like, yeah. And, and, and but and to that point, and Jack, you're exactly right. But to that point, that might have been something as we critique here, hindsight 2020, as we armchair quarterback, that would have been better if commentary could have upsold that more. Of you're right. You got all four judgment. Even Rhea. Rhea was getting the boots in on, on Seth. So you got four judgment day members that beating the hell out of Seth. And then Priest looks at that briefcase, and you're right. Logic would say, you got him down. Get a ref right. out there and cash in. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Finn came. Finn looks at him. I, that that should have been a moment where commentary should have said, you know, Kevin, Kevin Patrick should have said, why isn't Priest cashing in right now? And, and great, but no, no, he made a promise to his Judgment Day brother. He would. Not, like, I think that yeah. would have that would have been a bigger moment. That 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 it was a moment that was lost. That mm-hmm. that could have been amplified more. Um, yeah, especially for, like you said, for your TV audience, especially for your TV yeah. audience. Yeah, I mean, again, and again, we have the luxury of armchair booking this half of fact, yes. but that that is something I think because it is logic. You ha- you guys just came from all angles of the arena. Why right. are you not cashing that in right now? Mm-hmm. Yep, and the fact that someone's asking shows that it should have been reiterated too. Right. Exactly. So Zook, to to that point, uh, the fact that we have to think about it again means it and should that's... have probably been reiterated. No, and that's a part of what uh, the announcers are supposed to do. Your your play-by-play guy and your color commentary guy are supposed to help tell the story. And if he did it in Ludwig's voice, I think it would have been even more <laughs> Oh, helpful. my goodness, yes. 
Classic. Uh, yeah. Or 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 as they all come from separate parts of the arena. Imagine you see Rhea coming to the aisle. You see Dom on the one side. Imagine if you see Priest on the other side, and Priest has a referee in tow. Oh. He's got a referee by the collar, and he's dragging this referee. And then Finn goes, whoa, 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 what is that? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Even just that symbolism, the commentary doesn't have to do as much explaining. Just the symbolism becomes obvious. Mm-hmm. So, you know, nitpicking here, but. Right. right. You know. um, I do want to give Seth Rollins some flowers here because something that he does so well that I think so many people struggle with is he's this zany, kooky, silly character. But he is so good at bringing it back into like this is a serious situation without sacrificing his character. He's still the same character, but he doesn't mm. like today. He came out in a like a, a loud suit, but not goofy. It was it was very much a as much as Seth Rollins' character <laughs> would be right. a biz like a business suit. He was laughing, but it was also very like this is a serious situation. I think so many other wrestlers struggle with that balance. Like last week we talked about Becky Lynch and how she came out so angry about Trish talking about her child, but she's wearing silly, a silly outfit and it doesn't mm-hmm. really fit what she's talking about. Or she was, she was wearing pajamas. She right. was wearing, she was wearing pajamas. And uh, or I think there's been some other characters that have tried to be silly in serious situations when it's like, no, mm. you need to be serious. This is a serious moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth Rollins, he balances that so well, I think. Uh, and it's it's got to be hard to do, too. Like, it's not, I, I say that like, oh, yeah, why doesn't everyone do that? It, it's a tough mm-hmm. thing, but he really nails it. No, you're right. That's the thing. It is, it's a, it's the timing of it. It's, it's easy to say, well, you know, all he has to do is flip a switch. It's not just flipping the switch. It's when to flip that switch at the right moment, the right feel and the way. And Seth has a great way of being able to do that because he's feeling his audience. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that's just uh, his ability to do that is, is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and that covers the show. We got everything in. Um, before we go, though, of course, everyone let me know what you thought of the show overall. And Jimmy, what are your final thoughts? And where can the world find you online? Oh, I thought it was a solid show and a nice build towards SummerSlam. Looking forward to a few of the matches going going to happen. And whether there's going to be anything added, as like, you know, with especially with the Cody and Brock, is it going to be just a regular uh third match in the series or is there going to be a slight little stip at it or something uh you know becky trish it, the storytelling was was great and uh I th- i'm looking forward to next week's go home uh mm-hmm. raw to see what happens there and uh, as far as we can find here on monday nights with triple j usually uh wednesday nights it's uh justin isa and i looking back at uh dynamite on wednesday nights and uh also you can catch me on the roughing it up podcast with my good brother and stripes brian hebner and our host rj um no new episode we're doing a repeat episode this week uh um, brian's taking a little time off and we'll repeat just... episodes boning it in huh but it's a, but it's an all referee episode because we like <laughs> yoda I'm so, just giving you a hard just, time. Yeah. And of <laughs> course, you can catch me on all my social media platforms doing my ref and rants from Monday to Friday. And like I say, every week, it, it's a critique not to tear it down, but trying to help tighten some screws and hopefully, in my opinion, make things better. I will say, you're, uh, if, if it's a repeat episode, I think it's a great time for anyone who's heard you talk about the show to jump in now because they can check out some older episodes, get caught mm-hmm. up a little bit and yeah. uh, be ready when the new episodes come in. So if you haven't mm-hmm. checked out Jimmy's show, uh, Reffing It Up podcast, do that. 
do that now. Just do it already. Uh, but Justin, you're the one with the big get coming up. Uh, where can everyone follow you? What did you think of the show? And where can everyone follow you so they can see that interview once it happens, once it drops? Yeah, the show's pretty good. It's tough. When you're when you're less than two weeks out from one of the four major events for WWE, the, only so much can happen. You know, the matches are probably made. You can't go too far. You need to leave the payoff of the show. So I thought that was, it was pretty good for all that being said uh yeah look and jimmy look if, if brian Hebner's taking time off i know he's a, a washington football fan he's probably just he's pr- he's probably celebrating uh, as, as, as we all are right now so mm-hmm. let it be uh thanks everybody for the patience my uh internet didn't quite have the 1.21 gigawatts that needed uh <laughs> to get me through the whole way but here we are um at justin lavar on the socials uh twitter instagram uh all that stuff yeah and uh probably at least by late thursday or early friday i'll release at least maybe some shorter clips on my social of the damien priest conversation and then i will give you the, the link to where you can find the conversation in full uh yeah and then i'll be back wednesday with jimmy and isa for dynamite i haven't done dynamite in a few weeks so it'll be nice to get back onto that horse and uh yeah we get closer to SummerSlam. i don't i i don't know i don't know if it's us three for SummerSlam. i don't know what the deal is but uh we're getting closer so we'll have to see i've i found that i will be available on that date now so uh I'd love to chat about SummerSlam with you guys. I want to give a shout out to everyone who is here. Fat Matt, uh, Huffman, Elite Training, Bernie DC, Brandon the Ruiner, uh, Dream Realm Studios popping in and out of lurking status throughout the show. Baby Ice, uh, Tut Graf, uh, Laura Rock, Shanos, and DJ Eviev. Good to see you, DJ Eviev. I haven't seen you in the chat before, so good to see you. Leonard Jones and uh, everyone else, Zook Enigma. Appreciate you guys coming through the Jif King, Dylan Matthews. You can follow me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media, including X. I'm on X, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also on Wrestling Inc., you can check out my chat with none other than Samoa Joe. A little different, oh. though. We're chatting about him in Twisted Metal, the new series coming out to Peacock. You can check that out. And I ask him some banger questions like, what would happen if Samoa Joe and Sweet Tooth ran into each other in the (laughs) post-apocalyptic wasteland? And you know what? He tells me the answer and he doesn't duck it. You got to tune in to check it out. It's available now at Wrestling Inc. And Jack, we should both plug. Uh, I know we both, uh, uh, the Irish Wrestling Podcast, we're, we're yes. both have new interviews uh, where they're diving into your history, diving into mine. I know that Jimmy, they're going, they got you, they got Glenn, they had Raj <laughs> yeah. months ago. They're, they're doing the whole wrestling team. So uh, I will be yeah. doing it soon. There we yes. Go. Yeah, yeah. They are a treat. Yeah. Check out Irish Wrestling. They're a treat to be on. They're fun. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I, they're, uh, uh, Jerry and Liz, they're, they're yeah. a blast. Mm-hmm. They were fun. They asked me if I would rather drop kick Justin or clothesline Jimmy. And I gave them an answer. All right. You got to tune into the show to find <laughs> out. Though They asked me, uh, pile driver Raj or tombstone Glenn. And I'm going to have you tell me after we go off the air, but everyone else <laughs> needs to tune in to find out. Uh, there I wonder if they're going to ask me which one of you two I'd rather DQ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's 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 a really fun chat. Those two are really fun to chat with, and uh, we had some fun fun questions. So everyone check them out, give them a follow. Uh, but also, everyone make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. I think that does it for us. We'll see you guys tomorrow on the NXT After Show, and make sure to follow at Wrestling Inc. 
for all your wrestling news. That does it. I'm hitting the end broadcast button right now.